We're sitting down with experts, storytellers, and people with an opinion to have a chat with us in Allison's basement. Let's get real. Pitch the BS. Be brave. We're asking them, and we're asking you, do, do you, you have, have a minute? minute? Hello, everybody. It's Lacey. You guys, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Why do I feel the need to start every intro with a song? I don't know where that comes from. Anyway, thank you for tuning in anyway to Do You Have a Minute? Welcome back to another episode. Thank you. We are always so grateful to our listeners for liking, subscribing, sharing, for engaging with us on social media. You guys are the tits. We love you. Thank you. So we were lucky enough to have our friend Nicole back for this episode if you haven't listened to her episode, The I and Brittany, you literally need to drop everything you're doing and go listen to it before coming back, okay? So Nicole's friend Lanny heard her episode, and he was so inspired that he wanted to get in touch with us because he was like, hey, I got a story too. And we love that. We love that you guys are coming to us with your cool stories. Everybody has a cool story. Love it. So as allies of the LGBTQ plus community, Allison and I felt it was really important to use our platform as a way to allow Lanny to come on and share his coming out story as a gay man. And let me tell you, it is a great one. It is uplifting. It is heartbreaking. It is beautiful. It's all the things. So we really hope that you are able to listen to it with an open mind and an open heart. And we do want to just say that Lanny's story is just that. It is his story, one person's story. It is not representative of everyone's coming out story. So we want you to keep that in mind as you listen. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope that you enjoy this episode and fall in love with Lanny just like we did. Bye. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. We have a return guest here tonight. Oh, VIP. <laughs> Nicole is here again. Hi. If you haven't listened to the I Am Brittany, just turn this off. Go back. It's a few <laughs> episodes. Listen to her. It's basically poetry. Yes. It's a, it's a difficult but beautiful, beautiful episode. It's actually our most played. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Cool. It's our Thank number you. one. It's our number one top episode. So cool. And now you're back. That's why you get to come back. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, you wouldn't be invited. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. And Nicole has her bestie here with us tonight. And this is Lanny. Lanny, say hello to the people. Hi. <laughs> We're so happy to have you guys. And Lanny and Lacey know each other from school pick up and drop off. Yeah. We do. It's Lacey's true. Lacey's cool mom. <gasps> I know. We just so found this flattered. out. <laughs> so flattered. Yeah. yeah. So Lanny picks up his um, niece uh, from school who's in my son Bo's class. And so we've, we've said hello to each other. Yeah. And then the podcast came out with Nicole. And then we were like, we got to get Lanny on. <laughs> we got to yeah. get Lanny. I think I nudged Nicole a little about like, <laughs> I want to do it too. Like, <laughs> you did. <laughs> can I be on that? <laughs> I like to talk. And Nicole's so good. She's like, you know, here's a good episode idea. And we're like, 
we'll take it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what's been really cool, too, is like people are willing to come on and it is hard. It's brave. It's definitely. And it's also a time commitment. Like we really appreciate it. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. putting yourself out there and it's not easy. No, I'm excited. I yes. like have been looking forward to it. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to my basement of apartment room. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. you have really pulled out all the stops, <laughs> I must say. So <laughs> cozy. Strawberries on toothpicks and everything. Hey. Yeah. We're not swapping germs. All right. If they only could see the f- the seven bowls of snacks laid out <laughs> yeah. around the room. I'm a mom. Yeah. What are you going to do? You might have low, low blood sugar. You can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want your wine spritzer to go right, right to your head. <laughs> Use a toothpick. All right. So we are here to talk with Lanny about, oh, man. I mean, it's as we're, we were doing our pre-pod chat and – it's so, I don't even know like what we're here to talk about specifically because there's so much that we should cover and we yeah. can cover. Yeah. Basically, you're a gay man in your 30s living in the Seattle area, yes. but you have quite a story. You've lived in LA, you have grown up in this community um, of kind of the Edmonds, right? Seattle or Shoreline yeah. Yeah. area. Yeah. You moved away, but then you came back. I did. And so we just, I kind of want to start from the beginning and where were you born? Sure. So I was, well, it's kind of funny. I always say I was born in Ballard, but come to find out everything in my life is a lie. I was <laughs> mm-hmm. actually born in Northwest mm-hmm. Hospital, so I was born <gasps> in Seattle. So Northgate. Um, I mean, every like security <laughs> question that I answer like on the internet is like, where were you born? I'm like, Ballard, Washington. I literally just found out like a month ago that that was a lie. Thanks, so. mom. Thanks, mom. Your natal chart uh, is completely yeah. wrong. I don't. Rem- <laughs> I literally don't remember anything from my childhood. My sister is my historian, so. And he has a twin sister. Yes. Right. You were both born at we Northwest. Were both yep. born at Northwest. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was born in Seattle, and um, right after kindergarten, we moved to Shoreline. So I've been in Shoreline. You know, I went to school there, and all throughout high school and I stayed in Seattle for a couple years after high school to kind of like figure it out but I had always had this like dream to move to LA and I used to like I think my mom told me like at like three or four I used to always tell her like I was gonna live where the palm trees were like (laughs) I knew it I felt it we have family in California we visited every summer so I just LA always was like my Mm -hmm. thing so um, as soon as I could move there, I moved there. And I was there for almost 15 years. Whoa. Wow, yeah. that's so a long you were time. age, like 20 to... Or 20, yep. Maybe so a like, little less than 15 years. And then wow. I've been back um, just about four years, I think, wow. down here. Yeah. And did you like L.A.? I love... I mean, yes. I It was... I went there. I did it. I lived it. Yeah. I, like, full-on embraced L.A. Like, every, like... LA stereotype <laughs> I lived, you know, and I like love, I still love it. But, um, when my sister called me and told me she was pregnant, that was like kind of a turning point for me where I was like, kind of started to think about more like, is this really where I want to be? And, um, I didn't want to be like a twice a year uncle, like yeah. once in the summer and every Christmas and, so I waited the first year, and I moved back just before my oldest niece turned one. And then I came back because I wanted to be, like, an active part of their life. So That's sweet. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, too, I, I guess it might be different because it's your twin also. Like For sure. And I, like, don't know if I'm going to, like, have kids. So I, like, feel like her kids are my kids. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not really weird. Like, I treat them like they're my mm-hmm. kids, and I love them as if they were my yeah. own. And it's true. Like, because she is my mm-hmm. twin, I feel 
not saying that like other brothers and sisters that have siblings that have kids is any different, but I just feel a little closer to her kids than I think I would if we weren't twins. You know, do you have any other siblings? So we do. I have a brother that is seven and 37. So he's 17. So my mom waited 20 years, (laughs) had another one. Oh my goodness. So he's a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah. He lives in Louisiana. That's where they live. Oh, they live in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So we, my mom, we thought she was crazy and, but you know, how old was she when she had you? She was twenty. I think she had just turned twenty-one. Oh, so she was. A baby. She was young, mm-hmm. yeah. And then when she had my brother, I think she was like forty or something. Wow. So, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, like now it's like I love him more than anything. Like I'm glad he's around. But when she, you know when she got pregnant, you're like, what is this? What are you later, doing, like, mom? What is happening? <laughs> what is in my life you right lost now? Your mind. Like <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So it's just the three of us. And when did you meet Nicole? Oh, my God. I've known Nicole. It was middle school, right? Yeah, middle school. Einstein. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I remember, like, sitting in the lunchroom with Nicole. We used to, like, I think there was, like, this one song. Oh. Well, that was high school. Are you talking about No Diggity? No, it was in middle school. Yeah, but there was a different song. (laughs) There was? I'm not a music person, but for some reason we connected on music back in the day, but. At the dances. At the dances. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 90s. Yeah. No, but so we knew each other from middle school, but we became like friends, friends in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And you hung out like that was like, did you guys have like a crew? We've taught we did an episode on friends and friendships and kind of I mean, I feel like this area is a small town, you know, kind of. Did you have kind of your small town crew? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We had like a small group group of girlfriends. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys maintain your friendship throughout your tour in L.A.? I mean, <laughs> we, I think we got in a, we had a falling out. Yep, we, we, did. Had, we had a big falling out. We did. Um, and then I can't remember. Maybe it was after my sister's yeah. death that yeah. we kind of like rekindled. Aww. And right? it's like we like, you know, we had a falling out. We didn't talk. But I also like when I went to L.A., I kind of like. And I was in Montana, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, you had like to do everyone L.A. kind of left. Yeah. And I was in, I was like really living that dream out there. Mm-hmm. So. I kind of lost connection with a lot of people, yeah. but then towards like the end of my stay in LA, we would like talk here and there, but it's really since I've like moved back to Seattle, it's mm-hmm. like, and now I think, I mean, correct me wrong, but I don't think our relationship has ever been stronger or closer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you also have Marco Polo. Do you have Marco Polo? No, they no, FaceTime. Oh, you FaceTime. Yeah. I was like, how do you see each other's faces? That's yeah, right. FaceTime. I remember something. <laughs> yeah. My Maybe children look forward to it. Nicole and I literally <laughs> FaceTime like 12 times a day. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. That's right. I mean, it's basically your, your Marco Polo. Yeah. yeah. I right. like wait till like 7.15. I'm like, okay, she's up now. I can yeah. FaceTime. You call her in the <laughs> yeah. morning? Like every morning. Yeah. <laughs> she was, we were Marco Poloing today and she was explaining her mascara Oh um, routine mm. and mentioned that you, when you were on your LA tour, did some makeup for some celebs. I did, yeah. So I was a celebrity what? makeup artist for a long time. What? Yeah. So I was Paula Abdul's makeup artist for years. I can't. <gasps> yeah. Paula Abdul's makeup. Yeah. And she came in town and didn't she, you had like VIP tickets or something? Yeah, so she was just her? on their oh big concert. God. Do you have her number? Can we prank call her oh, later? Yeah. No, was, she's amazing. And I talked to her all the time and. She's like a very dear, close friend of mine. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Well, now I'm, I'm like, like a, embarrassed yeah. of my Maybelline <laughs> Dream Cream under eye concealer. Right. Lanny, can you see it from here? Yeah. Hey, uh, we should do a lightning round with Lanny about makeup things that oh, we should shit. make sure we get. Yeah. But here's the thing I'm not like that. 
kind of make a part. Like, I don't really do it anymore, so I couldn't tell you. I'd be like, oh, well, just there, really good. there goes that. Pr- I thought I it was guarantee so that's more that. than me. Good you know info. more than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so I, yeah, I did. That's, I mean, I, I worked many jobs in LA as people in LA do, but that was a great one. And she, like, so we went cool. all over the world and she took me everywhere. And it wow. was really, it, yeah, it was amazing. It was like a very fun time in my life. So and cool. Didn't you do Britney Spears? I did Britney Spears. And Kelly Rowland. I actually like, pulled Britney Spears' hair extensions out on accident when I was trying to <laughs> blow dry her hair. She pulled out all her makeup like in a, like a 1980s caboodle and was like, here, use this. And I was like, oh, like what is happening in my life? And I did Kelly Rowland. It's the, like, I didn't even have to put like makeup on her face. I have done Liza Minnelli's makeup. Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom. Like, I did her makeup for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, so I've done a lot of like over the Real years. Housewives. Real Housewives. I have a huge. Yes. My favorite. I have to go back to Britney. I, yeah. I actually stopped listening when we when you started talking about her extensions and <laughs> yeah. caboodle. Like I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, real quick, what's Brit Brit like? I mean, because you know, we're, everyone's worried about her now. Well, and I saw her like in a weird time. It's like she like when hasn't of, she been in right. a weird time? <laughs> it was like after her major breakdown, but then she was like kind of coming back out of the woodworks, and so. I worked for these two gay promoters, and one of the promoters' name is Jeffrey Sinker, and he throws this huge white party every year. It's like the biggest gay event in something. Anyway, it's this huge thing. He's in Palm Springs. It's like every year for a weekend. and um, So there's on Sunday this thing called the Tea Dance. So it's like a Sunday daytime party, and it's massive. It's like their biggest party. They have a bunch of performers and stuff, and she happened to be in the Palm Springs area and just wanted to come party. And so when we found out she was coming, they like – designated a trailer for her and then they told like her manager was like oh well we have a hair and makeup artist on hand so if she wants like a touch-up before she sees the crowd so then i you know mind you this is like i've i worked it but i've had a debaucherous weekend and <laughs> here we are on sunday like and then they're like it's oh by the sunday. way like britney's coming and you have to like do her makeup oh and i was my just like gosh. panicking oh, and shit. so she was like very nice but it was like like I said, it was very odd. Like I don't really do hair, and I was she was like wanting me like blow dry her hair, and I was like trying to like. Which is funny because I feel like she's never done her hair in her no, life. No, and I'm sitting there like <laughs> trying to round brush it out, f- play it, uh, figure it out as I go, and I'm like literally hair extensions are falling <laughs> on the floor, and so I finally oh stopped. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but your like extensions are falling. She's like, Oh, it's fine, just keep going. And I was like, Well, what about can you like touch your makeup? That's what she like pulled out this pink caboodle and. No, like, no Brittany. Yeah. Brittany is all of us. Yeah. No way. They're old caboodles with their half used makeup. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I do you follow Heather McMahon? No. Oh. You she must n- you don't like her. Oh, you don't oh, like her. He doesn't like her. How? I send him uh videos all the time and <laughs> he goes, Why do you keep sending me this girl? <laughs> it's not that I don't like her. I just I guess I don't You don't get connect. It. Yeah. Well, you don't even need to like her or connect to f- to watch her Britney 911 in her highlights on Instagram. <laughs> okay. It is the funniest shit you've ever seen. Yeah. She really does deep dive into all the odd kind of posts and appearances and little videos that Britney has been posting. Anyway, yeah. okay, so <laughs> we digress. That up, we digress. Favorite yeah. thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's fascinating, though. What a trip. So it's not like you just like moved to L.A. and did this thing like you were doing the yeah thing. and i mean i got all of that you know la is though a world of networking so you just have to like meet the right people and i worked at like these gay bars and um you meet so many people and so i back in the day used to wear like 
a shitload of makeup. Like, oh. I wouldn't go to the grocery store without a smoky eye. <laughs> you, I wouldn't, like, you didn't see me without, like, a full face on. I had, like, these big hair extension bangs. And I used to, like, clip colors and do it. Like, oh, wow. We need to see these pictures. Yeah, we have one. Didn't I post one for your birthday, yeah. like, last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, it was very aggressive. But um, I was younger. My skin looked better. And I was, like pulled it off i mean i was like a very pretty boy and so that was like what i called like my business card so it's like i meet all these people they'd be like oh my god you're like so pretty and i'd be like oh for a small fee i can make (laughs) you look this good too i love it yeah so that's kind of how i like got all these jobs was literally just by like meeting people and working in these clubs and you never know who's gonna walk in the door and yeah what a lesson all in itself right there just like be you be yep. on and if you want it you'll find it yeah mm-hmm. for sure and so and it worked out in my favor i mean it was a wonderful time and wow yeah that's amazing now there's all those youtube makeup artist guys and they have like a zillion followers I and make never like a trillion dollars but you know <laughs> but you know what i'm saying oh yeah it's insane and there's these these young boys guys and they're amazing which i you know, I think is amazing. I think that I like follow a bunch of them and I'm like, I'm watching these like literally children. They're like mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. These like boys that are eight, nine, ten years old that have their family of like bought them their ring lights instead mm-hmm. of these studios and they're like painting their face to the gods. Make and, a like, tutorial. It's mm-hmm. incredible and it's like they have tons of followers and so much love and I just think that that's super rad that it is. we're like in a time where You know, I remember when I was started to, like, be interested in makeup. I always thought I was, like, an artist, but I can't draw. I can't paint. It's, like – but I felt like there was, like, had to be a medium out there for me. And so I grew up in a household where that would not have really been okay. Like, my mom, of course, would have been fine, but my dad would never supported that for me. So it's, like, I remember, like – stealing my mom and my sister's makeup and like hiding in the bathroom and doing it for like a long time and like the only thing it sounds so horrible to say but like the only thing I could ever think of was like if they ever ask why you're in the bathroom for so long just tell them you're masturbating <laughs> yeah, like, you're a teenager and, like, <laughs> they, so they're good. not gonna dive they're in gonna any deeper it. they're gonna be like okay well great son like good job man. Like, yeah, yeah. way to go pat you in the great back job, and move son. on yeah like right, but so I mean, absolutely the yeah. most kind of like embarrassing don't ask me questions but also yeah. masculine but, like, and sexual right my dad would probably be like yeah you know Get my it. son yeah. <laughs> figuring his body out like. so tell us about your parents more because that's really i mean your mom okay she would have been maybe fine with it but tell us about your dad Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, my dad is, he's, I would say, like, one of the most homophobic people I've ever met. Um, and, you know, I don't like to say, like, racist. I don't think he's, like, necessarily racist. I just think that he doesn't really think before he speaks mm-hmm. sometimes. And so we grew up, my dad was, like, you know, they owned an auto body shop. And my um he was a fisherman and they loved to fish and every like manly thing. Very masculine. Mm -hmm. And here I am like growing up, that wasn't really an interest to me. And I remember it's like every Saturday or Sunday morning that was like, he wanted to take me fishing. I used to like cry. Like I was so stressed out the whole night before because I didn't want to go. And then I would always like pretend like I was like sick, you know, like, Oh, I have a stomach ache. And like my mom would, sometimes step in and like be like mike he's not going like would kind of get me out of it but most of the time i like had to go and 
my dad used to say like really nasty things to me when I like didn't want to do manly stuff. He'd like call me a pussy or tell me I was like a little fucking girl mm-hmm. and you know like go play with your fucking dolls. And, like he used to say like nasty things like that to mm-hmm. me and. I remember, like, wanting to be – I wanted to like those things. I wanted to enjoy fishing, but, Mm -hmm. like, it just wasn't in me. That's just not me. So um, it was a struggle as a child. There's a very vivid memory I have, and it was something I had to do with, like, fishing or he needed help with the car or or something, and I just didn't want to do it. I'm pretty sure it was fishing, and – I remember he made me feel really bad about it and said some like really nasty things to me about it. And he was out in the garage working on a car. And I remember thinking like, just go, you're going to go do it. And so I remember like being very young and very like timid and going out and being like, dad, like I'll go fishing tomorrow. And him being like, I don't fucking want you to go. And he's like, and my cousin Matt was like that man's man. So I remember him being like, I wish fucking Matt was my son, you know, like he'd want to go fishing with me. And I just, I still remember that day, like clear as day because it was such a, like, I just made me feel so horrible. It's the ultimate rejection. When I couldn't, I was, I tried to force it. I tried Mm. so hard to like be that person he wanted me to be. And I wasn't. So the only way I could really quote unquote, make him proud is I played hockey and I was a very competitive hockey player for 10 years. Oh, like, wow. cool. yeah. And it was amazing. I was very good at it. I was like very good. Like I'm great. I'm a great skater. I would have been a way better figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a very good hockey player, but I could have been like an exceptional ultimate, wow. figure skater. Like I could do like an axle on hockey skates. Like I could do things on hockey skates that people just couldn't do even in figure skates. Isn't that fascinating? So you're super athletic, obviously, and strong and all these things. But again, you go to hockey and it's like you're so far, you know, everything you've said, it's like, there's this duality constantly. The duality. I want, I want to be in there doing makeup, but I'm going to say I'm masturbating just to get them off my back. I want to, you know, go fishing, but I don't really want to go fishing, but I'm going to say I want to go fishing because I want him to accept me. I'll yeah. play hockey, but I really want to be figure skating. Yeah. There's just constantly the the pull to do the other For thing. For sure, and I, like, loved – I loved hockey. It was super cool. It was super fun. But, like, deep down, my sister figure skated. So it was like we were both on the mm-hmm. ice, but it's like I would have much rather figure skated. And, like, my parents got approached by people that would be like, my daughter needs a Paris partner. Your son is, like, we've never seen a person – skate like that before like we will like can he come live in sun valley and we'll pay for it and you know like whoa i think if if my dad would have allowed it and would have nurtured my like talent as a skater but in what i actually was actually passionate about i think i could have been an exceptional figure skater unbelievable really really cool do you still skate i mean not that much anymore like so i like played and then i quit and then um I, like, taught lessons. I did, like, learn to skate. So I taught, like, little kids how to skate and stuff like that. And um, So cool. Yeah. So I, like, we go. Like, I go every now and then. It's been, like, years since I've gone. But it's the same. It's, like, you know, people say, like, it's just, like, riding a bike. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, like, I just put on my skates and it's, like, no time has passed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so your yeah. dad was very harsh, it sounds. Yes. I mean, and just from what you're saying, there are a lot of, uh, well, these are my words, not yours, but. Definitely a lot of verbal abuse going on and a lot of that very just, I don't know, making you feel small. Well, and and he used to like, you know, I think that that's, 
you know, I'm lucky that I don't have, I think, more issues than I do, especially, like, around being gay and being, like, a more feminine kid because I remember, like, be, like at hockey games, like, if I didn't sweat, if I didn't get off the ice and there wasn't sweat on my head, I was in trouble because that mm-hmm. means I didn't play hard enough or didn't try hard enough that game. And I just, like, was very fit back then. I was young. And, like, so it's, like, I could, like, go full out, but I – it just wasn't a sweaty person, I guess. So I remember, like, if I didn't sweat, I'd get in trouble. And then I'd have to, like, I he would make me ride home with him. And I, like, knew, like, if I had a bad game, if I didn't do good, if I didn't score a goal or if something, or if I didn't sweat, it was going to be a, a, a very horrible car ride home. And then it was going to translate once we got out of the car. It was, like, I kind of got tossed into my bedroom, called a pussy, dolls thrown at me, like, very negative. Mm. So it's, like, when I was just being who I was, and it's just, I was doing it, and I was good at it. It wasn't like I was, like, half-assing it. I was, like, trying. I, like, I was, like, a legit hockey player, but it wasn't, because I wasn't some, like, big, burly, like, rough and gruff guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I really paid attention to how I looked before the game. (laughs) You know, like, home games, you had to dress up. You know, that was, so it was, like, they used to call me like Hollywood, like, you know, <laughs> because I like loved to do my hair and stuff before the game, but I still like played the game and right. I was like legit. So it's like, but he used to just be, oh, the car ride homes there. They were, and my mom knew it too. She knew what was coming and, you know, she, she always would kind of like give me that look and just, there was nothing she could do about it. So I dealt with that a lot in my childhood with nothing I ever did was like kind of good enough for him or, or. If it was, he never told me. And then I felt like I battled with that for a long time. Like everything was like that. And so. Not to interrupt you, but there's, we're actually doing an episode um, coming up on toxic masculinity. It's one of the topics we're talking about with our guest. But, um, you know, because that's, it's such a common, I don't know, story that you hear about young boys. Dude, stop crying, you little bitch, yep. you little pussy. You know, yep. all these words, obviously, that are horrible, that that really scare young men. It still is happening. I see it all the time mm. in clients or family members of clients. You know, it's like that shame around human condition. Yep. And that's so much of what happened to you. And it sounds like, I mean, you, did your dad, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but did your dad have a clue that you were gay? I think everybody had a clue that so I was that gay. was uh, so it's hard to know, right? Like, would he have done that, you know, no matter what, just because yeah. of his standards, or was he kind of trying to, you know, for lack of a better term, beat it out of you a little bit? Not that he was physical, but you know, beat it out of you. And okay, well, if I can just push him harder, I can make him more of a man. Quote. Well, and he was physical. I mean, don't get me wrong. My dad was physical. Like we oh. got hit, and but it wasn't like. He didn't like beat me up, but you know, we got hit as kids. But I remember like my dad hit me one time and I didn't really hit him back, but I like kind of pushed him back against the wall. And that's like the last time that was it, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that happens Mm -hmm. to a lot of people that that experience that. It's like the second you stand up for yourself, they kind of realize, like, well, shit, I can't do this anymore. But so it's like, it wasn't, yeah, it's hard. It's like, I wish I had that answer too. I like, I wish I could know, like, if I wasn't gay or if I was more masculine gay when I was younger 
would he have still rode me like he did? I mean, he still rides us. I mean, we're 37 years old, and I still feel like he treats us like we're 17. I don't mean to make this totally a therapy session, but wha- how was he raised? Is he from a military or a strong no, religious? I mean, or was this, there? They were just kind of like, I don't know, conservative. I don't, well, like, we didn't really, I mean, we saw it, we knew his parents, and like, we were around them and stuff, but we weren't like super close to them. And, his side of the family, my, we were much closer to my mom's side of the family, which was a very much more, like, liberal, like, anything goes, like, kind of deal. And mm-hmm. They were, like, fun and loud and crazy, and my dad's side of the family wasn't like that. So he didn't like that either. Like, he's not, like, the biggest fan of my mom's side of the family and never has been, but he's kind of – it is what it is. Right. But, yeah, so I struggled with – you know, I don't like to say that I have, like, daddy issues, but I still think that there's, like, you know, my dad and I have never had, so we don't have, like, serious conversations, you know? There's never been, like, a, this is how you treated me as a, as a child, and this is how it made me feel, and this is how it's affected me in my later years. I don't think that that conversation is possible to have my, he's just not yeah, that. He's not that way. Kind of a human. Yeah, I don't think you would get what you wanted out of it. No. Yeah. And I think that the only reason I would have that conversation is to try and get something out of it for myself. Right. And yeah. I don't think it would happen. You don't, yeah. I mean, do you feel like you need it? Does it feel like that, that chapter is kind of closed for you because you understand? I that think that I, until the day I die, will need it. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, you know, and, you know, my dad's come a long way, a long way. And, but I still think that it's like, it's not even like, I think necessarily about like the gay side of stuff, yeah. like me being gay, but it's just like, just in general for him to like think that I'm doing a good job in life. Like I've worked very hard. I've done a lot of different things. I think that I have excelled in areas that people couldn't have before. I think that I turned out a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm like outgoing and I'm friendly and I'm kind and I am respectful. And so whether he had any part to do with that or not, it'd be nice for him to like, stop for a second and just realize, well, he's not doing things how I would want him to do it or he's not acting how I'd want him to act or he does not doing the job that I would want him to do. But in the grand scheme of things, he's not a bad kid. And I don't think that whether he thinks that or not, I don't think that he would even know how to say it. Like, that's just not how my dad is. Mm. And I've accepted that, and that's okay. But I think at the end of the day, it like, sounds so cheesy, but you want your parents to be proud of you. You mm-hmm. want it's to, a like... It's part of our DNA. I mean, yeah. We're genetically made up to seek approval and love from our parents. It's And if I've gotten... And if I've received that, and I say if, because I think that I have a horrible memory. I don't know if it's because of my years in LA or I, I block things out. <laughs> like, I don't know, but that's why I say like my sister is my historian. Like I have to <laughs> ask her everything about our child because I don't remember much of it. I just, I don't know why anyways, but whether or not there was times in my life where he did appreciate the things I was doing or I don't remember any of them. Like I can't tell you like a time my dad's been like, that's like fucking rad Lanny or like, that's so awesome. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. There were some shiny things that I did in L.A. that I think he was intrigued by, but it was more because I was surrounded by celebrities, and he, my stepmother is uh, three years older than me, so she oh, is oh, just turned Oh, 40. they got divorced? So my mom got divorced. Oh. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was in high school. Oh, wow. And my dad 
Um, my mom, it took like a, I think I could be wrong on timeline. Of course, I don't remember much. <laughs> I think it took about 30 days or so, whatever normal divorce takes. My mom said I do at 12.01. Their divorce is like final. And she said I do like a minute after. Oh, so she she already had her. Yeah. She knew. And then okay. my dad married, I think, a week or two later. Oh, okay. So you had, well. <laughs> to my sister's out. figure skating coach who ah! used to ah! date my uncle, who I used to, when I was little, was like, I want you to be my aunt. And she ended up being my stepmom. Oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> Can't make this up. Yes. Then yeah, they divorced. Right. And then my dad remarried. Oh, so they got this divorced. Is, and this, this is, is third your wife. third wife. Yes. And so it, it was challenging at first um, because she is so close to my age that it mm-hmm. just felt weird. Yes. You call her mom? No. JK. <laughs> we like, I will mess with her and like call her like grandma. Just yeah. Say, like, <laughs> and she's great. And she's like, a, she's a, she's a wonderful lady. And you know, they, I think they've been together now for like 10 years. I don't know how long they've been married. But Where's your dad live? So he lives in Canada. He lives in Victoria. That's where she's from. Oh, dang. Um, so he lives there. And then um, he his business is split between Canada and Seattle. So he's back here way more than I would like. But <laughs> And then so little brother was born with stepdad. Stepdad I in Louisiana. I see. Yeah. Got it. Okay, okay. Yes. Wow. And my sister Picture. is like the only like constant. She, yeah. She grew up in Shoreline. She stayed here. She's built her life here. She always says like everybody left her. <laughs> She's so home. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. she and she always is, and she's home to me. She always has been. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm very lucky. You know, have you? And I, I don't. I, I guess I'm. Have you guys been through therapy? Have you done therapy before? So when my parents got divorced, it was like very rough time for us. Yeah. And I remember them. We actually just talked about this the other day. We, my parents, like sent me to a therapist. Oh, it's always the worst. One. At this point, I was like, my parents just got divorced. I was like, acting out. Like, (laughs) you couldn't tell me shit. I was like, I was just immature and just dumb. And I remember it was my turn to have our, like, therapy session. And I made my sister and my cousin Matt come with me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was doing, like, headstands in the middle of the room. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not, like, eight years old. I'm, like, I'm a sophomore or junior in high school at this point. (laughs) I remember I was like, I kept calling my dad like a motherfucker or something. Sure, sure, yeah. I just wanted to like shock this therapist. And she was more like (laughs) irritated that I was like wasting her time type of thing. And that was it. We went once and that was it. I think I like would love to go to therapy now. Oh, I'm I'm sitting here like, gosh, you are... You are just you're like, like you a need therapy. Ther- no, I think you're. Uh, this is just my opinion, knowing you for, uh, but like you have a lot of things that I think you are ready to work. <laughs> I think yeah. you're ready. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I think you're ready to work through them. I mean, that's it. I think everybody kind of hits a point where you know you are confident enough to be able to take whatever comes from therapy, and I think that's the biggest hurdle. A lot of people are so afraid mm. of what they might find out that mm-hmm. they're not quite ready. Yeah, and then they get to a spot when they're like, I need, I need this just to sort it through. It's sure. not going to change the course of my life at this point. It's not going to change who I am, but I want to sort it through for myself. You know, and I think. When I think of therapy too, because I, I think about it a lot, and I think like I have like different people that I talk to about different things too. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, I also think it'd be nice to have one person that you could mm-hmm. bring everything mm-hmm. to. Absolutely. Instead of like, well, you know, like. I don't talk about my sex life to my sister because that's awkward. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, I don't, like, complain about my dad really to Nicole. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so everybody has, like, a, 
bits and so, pieces yeah. of it. So, but sometimes it just would be nice to unload everything on one. Well, person. and also just psychoeducation. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you going, yeah, you don't remember things that your dad that the nice things that he said, and this is something I would tell a client, like if you walk by a bush and a giant bear jumps out, you're going to avoid the bush yeah. and you're going to avoid every other bush that you see in your life because there could be a bear behind it, right? Your brain makes that connection. So if your father was an unsafe person for you, if he was someone that at the end of the day was the ultimate provider of shame for you and non-acceptance, your no, your brain is probably not going to it can't it's black or white thinking at that age yeah. because of the development of your brain you're not able to say oh this person was also loving that's too confusing for your brain at that yeah. age right mm. so just the psychoed around I, I'm I'm thinking like well, you no, probably just love to no, learn you know? I think you're so right because like I said I think that. There has to have been points in my life where he was for sure not a but dick. your brain is like absolutely not you're <laughs> you know, not going like, there I'm sure there was nice times yeah and what, but. I also like would like to. I think it would be made me feel less jaded towards him still at thirty seven if more of those were in my memory and like every when I like catalog my life, it's not always has to be a negative thing. Yeah. So if your brain's any, keeping yeah. you safe still, yeah. And at thirty seven, you don't necessarily need that because but you I, are safe. But I kind of feel like with him, I do. You, Exactly, but it's a different safety than you might need yeah. when you're 12. Yeah. So it's just different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah. So he was rough, you know, and like especially – so then it's like – so then here I am like having this dad that's just not like the most accepting person, wants this like fishing manly man and then to, to then get older and start to have these realizations that like maybe you're not like – Girls aren't your first thing to think about, you know, and like mm -hmm. I like played straight for a very long time. But it's like, I mean, I knew I don't I didn't know. But like I remember having like thoughts about men at a very young age. So it's like I think it's something that just was always there, you know, and like, you like you don't know what's, you know, typical or not. No. You're just like, whatever. This is, this is me. <laughs> yeah. It's me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that. Like, you know, it was it was difficult with him because it's like I already was disappointing him right. then to like this idea of like, oh, my God, am I gay? Like this is if I thought he was bad now, like deal breaker, this is mm -hmm. going to be it for me. So like I actually never to this day, 37 years later, I actually never came out to my dad. Oh. So my I moved to L.A. and um, I didn't tell him I moved because my dad thought. L.A. was a soap opera and don't go there. It's, you know, it's dumb and you can't make a life for yourself there. And you just thought this whole Hollywood thing was crap. Mm -hmm. So I remember, I think it was, I like had to ask my sister about this. I think it was like an <laughs> Easter. <laughs> We're always back to that. Um, it was like an Easter, I think. And my dad was like very irritated that I wasn't there. Like, but he didn't know I was not living in Seattle. So oh. he was very mad that I wasn't at like Easter dinner or whatever it was and he like wouldn't stop talking about it and what he just kept like dragging it on and was like getting my dad gets very angry and he just got very angry and finally my stepmom was like mike he doesn't live here he lives in la and he's gay and like <gasps> came out for me oh my gosh and my dad just went like silent and like didn't talk for the rest of the day from what i heard he like didn't talk the next day and it just at that point it was like so that's how he found out I was gay. I mean, like I said, 
if you knew me even as a kid, like there's videos of me like six years old at my grandma's house and I would like run to her closet to like put her boots on and a dress <laughs> and a wig and like live my life and she let me and it was amazing. So, but, so he had to have known that, you know, but so when she told him it, it was not great and I and I'm pretty sure my sister called me and was like had told me and I remember being like, well screw it. Like, you know, but back th- I was like very like whatever. Like I was like that kind of gay for a while. I hate to say that, <laughs> not to offend anybody, but um was very like, well, it is what it is, you know, like, mm-hmm. don't come for me. Like, I was like, def- not defensive, but kind of just like, well, yeah. just I was like s- super flamboyant. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, good. I wanted to, you know, like yeah. just stupid and sassy about it. Sassy. And, um, so, but you know, I'd come out to like other people, like everybody basically before, like, cause I never came out to him. So it's like, you know, I came out to my mom and was she the first one you came out to? So the very, very first person I came out to was, a uh, very dear friend of mine, my name was Kelly Stevens and I played hockey with her forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, her and I have known each other forever. And I, so I dated a lot of girls, especially in high school. Um, and I was dating this one girl at the time and she was like a model. Her name was Marin Roach. She was beautiful. Nicole Ooh. knows her. She was like, <laughs> just her name even. Yeah. Marin. Yeah. Marin just like yeah. beautiful. And so sweet. Yeah. Super oh. nice. And I remember she, was a model and her agency was downtown and so I like dropped her off at her appointment she had to go like see her agents whatever and then she's gonna be like a couple hours she's getting like photos taken or something and so I like went and like walked around Pacific Place I like looked super cute that day so I was just like <laughs> just gonna walk around downtown feeling like, yourself yeah I was to- totally like I was like no one can say shit to me like I look good today <laughs> So I was like, I'm just going to walk around. I remember walking around. I was like, just walking like outside, like around the block of Pacific Place. And I walked by and like there was this other guy that was walking down the street and he was probably about my age and he was like so cute. And I remember being like, oh my God, this guy's like so cute. (laughs) And so we walked by and we like made eye contact with each other and like really stared. And then we like walked past each other and we both like did the turn back and look. (gasps) Oh, wow. Mind you, this is, I was naive. I didn't know much about gay stuff. At this point, I'm like, now it's cruising. It probably, like, back then I could have probably just walked to his apartment and had sex with him. But yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I just was like, <laughs> you don't know. oh, my God, it's, like, super. You know, and so I was like, my heart's racing. It's, like, my first, like, experience like that. Mm-hmm. So I remember we both did a full lap around the block and ended up passing each other again. Oh, my God. On the, it's like he did the same thing. It's I did the same thing. So then I was like, we lapped, passed each other. I remember he, like, Crossed the street and then, like, went across the corner and stopped. And so then I, like, stopped and was like, oh, my God. Like, I felt like I needed to go say something to him. I was like, you know, like, before my girlfriend calls, I need to go for <laughs> with a guy. So I remember, like, walking her the street. And the only thing I could think to say was, like, I really like your shirt. Where would you get it? Like, I didn't know what to say. I just remember <laughs> saying something stupid about his outfit. And he told me something. And then that was really it. And then we, like, left. But I remember literally the next oh. day at school – going back to school and like pulled my friend Kelly aside and was like, and I told her the whole story. I was like, so this happened yesterday. And I was like, and I'm, I'm gay. And then she was like, well, no fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty cool. She's rad. Yeah. She, I mean, she was on the U S um, women's hot. Yeah. Olympic team. Yeah. So cool. But that's like a typical response. Like, yeah. She's well, cool <laughs> and yeah. calm and, cl- you know. And she's all, I mean, Aww. she's always been like that. And, like, you know, uh, I haven't talked to her in so long. And I, like, 
hope to God I can like see her and talk to her soon. But, um, but she like was just someone that I knew like I could go to her and she'd be cool with it mm-hmm. and like not make a big deal out of it. And I knew that like I could tell her and she would be accepting. So like she's the first person I came out to. But in my family, and I don't remember the the timeline of whether I came out to my sister first, my mom first. But I remember it all kind of happened around the same time. Like once mm-hmm. I you kind of come out to one person. Wasn't it your grandma? No, I thought it was. And then I yeah. talked to her today about it. And she's like, you actually like came out to your mom first. Then my mom, we were in the, all in the car. And my mom was like, we well, should tell your grandma now. <laughs> and I remember she, she was like, you were in the back seat. And you were like, well, I'm gay. And she was like, oh, and like, <laughs> that's just kind of how she is. Like, yeah. she's got like 15 piercings in each year. She's and she was the one who made, who knit. Caps All the for hats. everybody in the kids' class. Yes. She knit 22 hats for the yeah. kids in the class. Like, in, like, no time. She's so cute. And yeah. they were good hats. They were, they were good cute. hats. I, yeah. I stole those. Dang. I wear these hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, they, I came out to that whole side of the family, and uh-huh. they were all, like, I remember my mom said something, like, well, are you a pitcher or a catcher or a giver or a receiver? Oh. Like, I remember oh, yeah. her asking something like that, which is very, like, <laughs> That's where people's mind. I don't know why that's such an intriguing question. Right. I'm like, yeah, so many other gay questions you can right. ask. Like, yeah. is that really what you want to know? Like, yeah, it just happened at the bar. The, we were at the bar the other day with Nicole, and one of our friends like said that he's like, "Are you the pitcher or the catcher?" And like, it's such like a douchey. Well, and what is it about about hearing about someone being gay that automatically makes you think sexual? Exactly. Okay, so that's the stigma. Isn't it different? Because it's just it's not what someone's used mm-hmm. to. No, but you people know? have right. the idea that all gay men are these s- crazy, psychosexual, yeah. dirty, having sex in dark rooms with strangers you've uh. never met and never seen and blindfolded and if it ain't spit it ain't love type of gross shit, you know, and it's really not no. that. And it's like exactly. very irritating. So it's like yeah. people always I think people also are like intrigued of like yeah, I think it, how it, it, it works, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like right. Yeah, and I it, it, you're right though, it is such like that totally hetero yeah. s- just a lot of men, I feel like, are the ones who ask that question. Maybe that's my own kind of like. No, it's always stereoty- men. And they always say, yeah. like, does it hurt? And I always say, well, put a dick in your ass. You tell me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. That's like the dumbest. Like, come on. It's just like, ask me anything else, you know? Right. And that was like even talking before we started recording, like just how much there is to it and your identity. Yeah. And I think that is kind of a big part of it. Like, you know, to your point, coming out to your family, it's like okay, I want to be asked these other questions because there's so much that I've known about myself, who I am as a person yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm finally able to step into. Well, mm-hmm. I think the difference between me and I think what a lot of other people have to deal with is that I'm very blessed. I've had a very easy like coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in Seattle, which, you know, even back in the day was a very liberal place, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, where, like, the home of grunge. Like, I don't think people care too much about it. Nicole and I went to schools where I, I don't I don't remember ever being, like, called, like, a fag or, right. or anything derogatory. Um, and even I remember even in, like, middle school being, like, it was, like, obvious. But no one yeah. really cared or really mm-hmm. said anything. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's like it's I've been very lucky because I feel like I've always just kind of been who I am. I don't really feel like I hid much like mm-hmm. other than like trying to force things that weren't me. But I still felt like 
I did me. It's just kind of who I am as a person. But it sounds like you have a really strong sense of self. I mean, even yes. being put in a situation like mm-hmm. with you were talking about with your dad, like you still had your sense of self. It yeah. didn't really matter. And I think yes and no. Yeah. I think that um, while I'm a very confident person, there's like I've like, like so many crazy insecurities that I think mm-hmm. really all came from the gay world like I don't think I necessarily had them before and you know especially like you live in LA and you're surrounded by the most beautiful gay men you've ever seen it's like it's you never feel attractive enough Mm -hmm. and I learned very quickly that in LA in the gay scene really there's like there was kind of a couple ways that you could go about it like you're either like super attractive so everyone just worships the ground you walk on and you get everything you want or you become uh important and like you make yourself like a figure in the community and i did that by working in these bars so it's like if you wanted to get into the club you had to come talk to me Mm. like if you didn't want to wait in line you're gonna have to come through me to do it if you wanted bottle service you got to call me so it's like i found a different way to be important Mm -hmm. but because i wasn't that person i think i was always like jaded about um you know, like, I wish that I had the easier route, which would mm-hmm. just have been super attractive. And mind you, I don't think I'm unattractive by any means, but yeah. there's some people that are... Well, they're just off the It's char- LA. Like, what the yeah. hell? Well, and I mean, and they'll, they'll pay for whatever and they anywhere. need to fix. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's hard to... Even now, I still struggle with those things. They're not like they used to be, but you guys, like, the, the guy I'm dating right now is, like, legit. He is, like... So hot. I like Nicole. Have you met this man on FaceTime? On FaceTime, <laughs> of course, on FaceTime. But, yeah. I, yeah, but I struggled with even with like still now, 37 years old. Like, I remember we met online and I like saw pictures and I was like, number one, this can't be real, right? <laughs> number two, it's a catfish. He there's he <laughs> there's something like, why would this person want to go on a date with me? It's like so attractive. And then I remember like our first date, I like, I was tell people like reservations are at 7 30 but i really make them for seven so i can have a drink and calm my nerves and but i remember like watching him cross the street and was like okay so that is the real person like it wasn't a fake photo really oh looks my like God. This. Like, <laughs> this is crazy you know so it's like while really you should just be like well they accepted the date like own it like they you must they must find yeah. you attractive too like i still struggle with those things like how could someone that looks like that like yeah. really want to go on a date with me like so that was like but that's stuff that I can work through very quickly now where before I would like that would like consume me for you know like way back in the day like I couldn't get my mind off of it and it's like it would like sabotage things so now it's like I have those thoughts still but I can like very quickly be like you know what screw that like you're legit you're a good person to be around you're fun like you know like you have a tons of stuff to offer so good self-talk that's yeah. the self-talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, so I can work through that stuff now very quickly yeah. where I didn't – before, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm just going right into therapy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Because there's all these little kind of things. It's interesting you're talking about, like, you know, growing up, you have this one figure who's basically kind of telling you constantly there's something wrong with you. And so you'll find these ways to become important. And what a strength that became to you in L.A. Because here you are. Like, that yeah. was such a trauma growing up and, and a hardship. But that's what you do as a kid. You adapt. So here you've got this incredible skill to figure out a fucking way 
to be important, to get there, to be the person that you need to talk yeah. to at the mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll always find this way to be important, but yet that shame is still just knocking at your door. Like you can feel important, put yourself in the position, but that self-talk has to come up with that amazing survival skill that you developed. And so it feels like, it sounds like at some point, you know, into your thirties, maybe even that's when that self-talk kind of caught up. You still have it, which I think is refreshing because I know we all have shame. Every human being Mm -hmm. does. There's always going to be something that we think is maybe wrong with us or not quite right in some area, you know, but it's cool to hear that. I think, you know, that's such a strength that came from a lot of the adversity that you faced growing up. Well, I think it's important, too, to know that, like, it, it's – while a lot of it, I think, came from my childhood in that situation, it's, there's also a lot of toxicity within the gay community itself. And, like, they're mean to each other. You yeah. know, it's not, like – I think the idea of like a gay pride parade and we're all in a gay club. Everyone's in it. So we're all in it. You know, a rainbow mm-hmm. shirt and everyone's happy and you mm-hmm. walk into a club and people like cheer for you and the everyone parts what you know it's like it's not like that. It's clicky and it's mean so and aggressive yeah, right. and so it's like as much as there's like so many wonderful things about like the gay scene, there's also like some very dark sides of it too right. that you have to like really work through and like I think if more people knew about that going into it and like kind of what to watch out for and realize like hey go in make some like really great friends stick with your crew let them protect you and go out and have a good time and no one will bother you that's fine but if you just are constantly like looking around and like trying to seek approval from other people or Mm -hmm. fit into like clicks that you're probably not going to fit into, right. then it starts to make you like feel crappy. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and we live in a heteronormative culture in the United States, you know, and some areas are more liberal than others, obviously. Some are way more set back in time. But I think everyone has some kind of a coming out story if you are homosexual. So, you know, there's also a lot of that. I'm assuming I don't know because I'm not part of the community, but it's like, you know, I'm assuming that there's a lot, just as with any human being, there's a whole other set of trauma, though, that sort of everybody's walking into it with. Or if not trauma, maybe there isn't any, but maybe there is some sort of a new identity that they're coming into and they sort of have to kind of go like, okay, now I am this individual and yep. I have this pride or I have this label again, trying to fit into a heteronormative now world. Now you find my place. Right? So yeah. you're sort of starting over yet again, in a way. As no, an adult, 100%. Or, yeah. And I think that that's why it's so important to, to uh, whether it's a family member or a friend or an acquaintance or anybody in general, like to be supportive for anybody as they're coming out because it's, it's such a big deal. It's like, I don't care if you have the most accepting family in the world. It takes a lot of courage to say those words. Mm-hmm. To come out to anybody is challenging. And I don't care if you, like I said, have the most w- wonderful family in the entire world. In the back of your mind, you're, I'm sure everyone, at, for even for a split second, has thought, if I say this, is it going to ruin everything? Right. If this family that I love and we get along so well and everything's so happy and everything's so great, if I come out, am I going to ruin all that? Or am I going to, are they just not going to accept me? Or, you know, so I think there's always that fear. So it's like, 
to be there for those people is so important. But to know that, like you said, okay, now that part's done, but and now you're living your true self. So now you have to deal with what the world thinks of you, mm-hmm. what the community thinks of you, mm-hmm. how you're going to fit into the community because there's so many little like pods and labels right. and groups and it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's like you can't keep up with it. But um, so I think that I think the support really personally, I think the support is more important after mm-hmm. the facts. Like, right. great, you've come out. I accept you. You're wonderful. This is awesome. But know that when like times get tough, you know, I'm still I'll here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you were talking about the it gets better campaign. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Said. I mean, it's like, you know, f- for uh, I don't remember how many years ago it's mm-hmm. like that was like a big thing to like when people were really coming out, people were kind of recording their coming outs or, or talking about their stories so that, you know, because so many young gay lesbian children are killing themselves because they're bullied or they're scared to come out or they know mm-hmm. that they won't be accepted. So it's like this idea that all these people like prominent figures and celebrities and just random yeah. people would take time out of their day to record something to like basically say like, don't worry. Like, this isn't the end of the end. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the main thing is, is I think it's important for everybody to know that like you are worth it. You are important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether they accept you or not, but like that doesn't make you any less of a person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you didn't make this choice. This is how you were born and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So don't let anybody tell you that you're not worthy of love or that you're, or that you, that what you're doing is wrong or how you feel isn't okay because that's like the farthest from it. Right. And there's so many resources and people you can reach out to now. And the cool thing about the gay community is that you can choose your family, whether it's your immediate family that accepts you. And if they don't, there's so many people that will embrace you like family and bring you in and love you like family. And like, I always, you know, I lived with drag queens for a long time and I always kind of think about like drag families because there's, there's such a big deal and they're these close tight knit communities and, you know, they have these drag queens have their children and, and they just protect them. And so it's like, if your family doesn't accept you, like there's so many people that will, and there's so many people that will love you. And like, I think it's important for people that are like potentially planning to come out or like, or on the fence about it to know, like, look, do some research before, right? Be prepared for if it could go bad and could go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear these horror stories all the time where people come out and their families are literally like, get out of my house. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're dead in, to me. Not in mm-hmm. two hours, not in two days. Like right now, leave, you're done. Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel bad for the people that are in like small towns or yes. don't have those resources, but the internet's a wonderful place. You, I guarantee you could find some sort of support and say, you know, just, I think it's important to say like, if you don't think it's going to go okay to like have a backup plan right. mm-hmm. and know that like, I'm sure you could like, call a gay and lesbian center in the nearest town closest to you and say like, I need you to come get me or send someone to me or, you know, like they'll do it. They will. And so it's like, 
think that's the biggest thing that breaks my heart is that I can't imagine for me if I was to have come out and to made feel like that wasn't okay. Like mm-hmm. I was never made to feel like I wasn't okay. Like nothing really changed for me. Like mm-hmm. my mom, my sister and I were joking about it. My mom, like, I think she like was so accepting that she overcompensated. She bought me like every fucking rainbow thing there was. <laughs> like every holiday. I mean, rainbow lamps, rainbow socks. Ra- I mean, you name it. I got it. you, boo. Like, yeah. Here's all the rainbows. Yeah. Which I'm like, I love it, but I'm also like, mom, I'm not that kind of gay. Like right. I'm not putting this stuff up. Settle like, down, but mom. thank you. But like, thank you. Like, cool. Like, oh, that's so and funny. I appreciated it. I really did because it made me, you know, but yeah. other than that, like everything just kind of went right. on. Still you. You're still you. Normal. Yeah. Like I don't really feel like I, ch- I didn't like come out. I mean, yeah, I came out and then I like, Started wearing hair extensions and makeup. and <laughs> You know, my dad, like, because he didn't like that stuff, there was, like, a rebellion period for me where when I would, like, come home for vacations or holidays, like, I remember showing up to the house, like, full face. Like, <laughs> I didn't care what he said. I didn't care how he reacted. I remember I was at the house That's one time. so brave, oh, though. I, Unreal. So badass. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. But I was, like, I mean, full on. Like, I, I wasn't, it. like, a drag queen, but I yeah. – I, I'll show you a picture later. Big <laughs> smoky wait. eye. Big, big, big smoky, smoky eye. eye. <laughs> and I remember I was like at the house and um, his friend had to come over to pick something up. And he asked me to go in the backyard. Like mm. his friend needed to come in the house. and He asked me to like go hide in the go back. hide basically. And I was I remember being like, fuck you. Like, no, I'm not going out. No. Like and I remember him like his friend got there and my dad like slipping out the front door and closing the door and basically like sending his friend away. Mm. And that was a time where I was like, I, that didn't bother me. I like remember just sitting there like, you know, good. My fingers, like (laughs) shaking my foot, like waiting for him to come back in. Like, Oh, where'd he go? You want him to come in and see me? Like, no, I like, didn't care. I was like a, like a big jerk about it back then. Cause I felt like, Payback's a bitch, you know? Yeah. yeah. Payback's yeah. a bitch, but also I'm asserting myself. This is me. Yeah. Like, you have a choice right now, motherfucker. You know, yeah. take me or leave me. This is it. And I Bring looked it. good. Yes. You, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I looked good. So I was like, I didn't even care, you know, at that point. It's like, and when everybody else in your life, like, thinks you're amazing, and then there's just this one part, it's like, why would I, like, dumb that all down right. for exactly. him? Like, nope. yeah. I wasn't going to, like, wash my face in the car because I was going to see my dad. Like, right. No. God, you weren't afraid of him. No, no, I don't think I was like, Mm-mm. I think that my hair extensions and my makeup also was like my armor. armor. Like I felt totally. powerful yeah. in it. I felt like you couldn't tell me anything. You like, I like owned it when I was like, yeah. all done up like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I own myself in different ways now, but you know, most people would be like, oh, they're kind of like shy about it. Like, I did not care. Like, at all. Love it. Yeah. You've stepped into it. Again, that identity formation that comes. It's yeah. like there's a repair that happens with family members through your new identity. Yeah. Not the old one. Yeah. But you're still you, you know? And, you know, so, and to, to give him credit, because, you know, mm-hmm. I've been riding him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But, um I remember I had a birthday party in L.A., and he just happened to be in L.A., and um, I don't think him and his current wife were married yet. I think they had either, like, just gotten married or they were still dating or something, and he was in L.A. for something, and he had reached out and said, like, hey, we're going to be in L.A. for a couple days. Like, you want to, like, go get dinner or something, and I was having my birthday party, and it was at the gay bar that I worked at, and 
um, Paula was going to be there. So I think it was like also kind of a show off thing for him to like, oh, this is my son. And so Paula, like we rented this like restaurant before for like all my friends. So then, you know, we all went there first. And then my dad and his wife came there and like, you know, it's like all these like young gay people. And then there was like Paula and her assistant, you know, stuff like that. So it's like my dad spent the whole kind of dinner time with her and my, you know, my now stepmom. So it's like they had those comments and it was great and whatever. And then we went, we all walked from the restaurant, like to the gay bar. My dad came and there was the mm-hmm. big, you know, like it's the a big little food. progressive. Oh, no, yeah. Like, ball. I mean, there was like go-go dancers and Speedos, like dancing on top of my, I remember my dad's like sitting right next to me. I'm just thinking like, this what is, is so awkward, but <laughs> he like, I'm pretty sure he was like super drunk, but he didn't like swear and run out of the place you know he like powered through it which to me was like that was a huge step yes and you know he's he's said some even when i lived in la some like very nasty things about being gay and i think it was just like when you try and like let's think of like the most horrible thing you could say to like hurt somebody i think he would like kind of come up with those things and say them to me so it's like for him to like sit there and like smile and like be okay with it while I still think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, there was a celebrity there. And right. he kind of wanted to, like, show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I had to, like, give him props. He sat in a gay bar with, like, naked people all around in a very rowdy area and yeah. was okay with it. And then um, within the last, like, few years, like, since I've been back, like – you know, we still don't, like, have those conversations, but, you know, he's got a, a big group of friends, and they're, you know, they're not all the most, like, liberal people. There's a lot of, like, I think kind of closed-minded Republicans. I think that comes with the territory of a lot of his friends are wealthy, and they have a lot of money, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, wealthy white men aren't always, like, the best people, or at least to me or someone right. in my situation. So, mm-hmm. um, it was, I think it was like three years ago or something. And I was like dating this guy over the summer and, um, it was like Seafair weekend. And one of his friends has like this huge house on Lake Washington and the blue angels fly right over it. And he always tries to get me and my sister to go and we never go. And I remember him saying like, Hey, why don't you come on like Saturday or Sunday and like bring Joel with you? I remember him like, oh. not only like he knew, the guy's name, but he like invited him to come. That was like a big, like, I remember like being like, no, we're busy. Cause I just didn't want to go. But right. afterwards, like, I remember like going to my that was and like, thing. dad just said his name and like mm. invited him around his friends, which is like, that's huge. That was huge. Yeah. And so while he still, I don't think is like, I still think he has his issues. What b- big or small, like, you know, like, I don't, like, hide anything from it. It's like, you know, he's still at the house all the time, and I'll just, oh, I'm going on a date. Or, you know, he'll say, like, oh, if you're dating anybody right now, like, you can bring him with you. Like, so now he's, like, more accepting of it. He still is, like, never met, like, somebody that I'm dating, really. But not many people yeah. do. I kind of, like, you know, I want to be sure it's legit before. <laughs> before I'm bringing him around. Well, I mean, I they meet people, but <laughs> before they, like, meet my dad, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that serious. That would be, like, a... Do you feel like it changed after the Paula Club weekend? Do you feel like he his behavior and kind of attitude changed for the better? Was that the turning point, or was there something else? 
Well, I think that my so my 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 dad's second wife. Um, sorry, Dana, if you're listening, that's current wife. I mm-hmm. feel bad talking about all of them, but um, <laughs> his second wife was you know she's a figure skating coach, so she's around gay people all the time, and right. I think she really like. He used to say things and act certain ways and say nasty things. And she used to always defend me. Be like, Mike, you can't say shit like that. Or like, mm. stop it. Or like, that's don't talk like that. And I think that his current wife now kind of does that too a yeah. little bit. I think he's just had enough women like kind of ride his ass about like, you're being crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say stuff like that. Like, for God's sakes, it's 2020. Like, right, give it the, give it the times, bro. It's <laughs> like, and that's, the, you know, I, not just for him in general, but just in, but for everybody, it's like, you're not marrying me. I, I'm not in your family. Like, why do you care? Why do you care? Yeah. yeah. It's so dumb to me. Like, why do you care? Like, the fact that, like, people think that, like, gay people shouldn't get married still is so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's like, well, then don't get married. It yeah. was like, then don't, like, if you I'm don't like, want well, you to. like, you have to seven kids and you're yeah. on welfare. And right. that's okay. I, like, but, like. Where, where does this. Well, and I think that was one part of the question I'm asking. It's like, I really do believe people fear what they don't understand. And especially for men and masculine men, fear equals weakness. And so if you believe that something that you don't understand is going to make you weak, you're going to do everything you can to push that away, right? So it really does kind of go into, if you don't understand it, you're going to yeah. be a motherfucking dick about it, right? That's just how it is. Totally. But and I wish that we could have a conversation, like, even at this point in time, to be like, do you have questions? Right. Yeah. Like, Let's talk it out like, here. Do you want to know some things? <laughs> like, not like weird things, but like, yeah. do you have questions? Do you, like, yeah, right. you want to know anything about, like, I understand that you're, like, interested in, like, what I call the surface level of my life, which is, like, the current job I'm having right. but it's like I want to be like you're my dad like don't you want to dive a little bit deeper into like scary. who I am as a person or yeah. how I became the person I am because you didn't have much to do with it so it's like my mom and I are close and my grandmother and I are very close and my sister and I are very close and you know it's like they know all the stuff about me but it's like I don't feel like you can truly know somebody unless you ask questions about them. Mm-hmm. And like my dad knows what he knows from just surface level stuff or what he's hearing from my, you know, him and my sister are very close and they talk a lot. And you know, when I was gone, they were very close and they still are. So it's like she, he gets, you know, mm-hmm. stuff about me from her and that's wonderful. And, and I appreciate her for it. Cause trust me, there's times where I didn't want to have to deal with them and she did. So mm-hmm. it was great that she could do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, I just, I just still feel like I would love to have a conversation about it. I would love for him to like, tell me if the issues that he had with me or that he still does or, or what he wished for my life and how I could like re have a rebuttal to it and be like, mm-hmm. this is what you wanted. But like, I'm doing, great. I'm doing great. Look at me, Dad. Like, I'm job. happy. Like, yeah. Well, what measures success, right? Yeah. What what yeah. Me- what mm-hmm. makes a successful person? That's yeah. it, too. It's like, again, someone who really covets masculinity and cov- covets that strength, whatever they perceive that to be, then we just sort of have to rewrite those yeah. rules a little bit and rewrite that and well, say, well, this is a different... Like- yeah. yeah, his is old school, classic, totally. very, very toxic masculinity yeah. by the book. And it's just... 
we've evolved. I think a lot of people have evolved, not everybody, but you know, and that's, what's really kind of, well, it's like he has this idea, like you're a masculine man. You are like, this, this is the man's way. These are the rules. It's not a job unless it's manual labor type of thing. So it's like, that's why I was, LA was so foreign to him because I was going and working jobs that weren't construction or business, which is in my mind, sometimes like it's either manual labor or business is his only two thing. You know, it's like <laughs> I make great money in LA, like making yeah. people pretty and yeah. I got to travel the world <laughs> yes. and like do cool things and like meet amazing people. And so what's wrong with that? Like, like what does it that. cost you to yeah. stop? being such a rigid thinker yeah like what's that going to cost you but that's it it's a it's a belief structure right yeah. you've got this belief structure and if one thing changes it all crumbles and then uh, you know i mean i we could say that about anything yeah. I, I mean and we're kind of getting toward the end but it's like you know i don't even want to open the can of worms of religion and faith but you know talk about a, a belief system and belief structure that has these rigid ways of thinking and these you know but then again it is a spectrum again and we were talking before about a school in the neighborhood that is losing quite a few um, teachers because they came out saying that they do not support any kind of homosexuality. Yeah. You know, and I was just talking with someone who... Religious school, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Catholic. Mm-hmm. Isn't it Catholic? Mm-mm. No, it's not no. Catholic. No. It's Christian. Yeah. Oh, it's just Christian. Mm-hmm. But see, that's why I don't understand, too, like the whole religion side of it. And that's why I struggle with religion because, you know, I was baptized Catholic. Um but that's as far as it went. My dad's like a, I don't even like to say he's an atheist. He just, mm. religion just plays no part in his world. So he didn't want it to go anything beyond that. And so I've always struggled with religion because I feel like no church genuinely is accepting. I also don't, it's so, it doesn't make any sense to me how like one Catholic church says, you're okay and we love you and God loves you and we welcome you. And then the Catholic church two down, two yeah. blocks away mm-hmm. is like, don't come in here like you're going to taint everybody in here. And then the, it's just – it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that about religion. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was like when my sister decided to put my nieces in a Catholic school was like scary to me because yeah. I'm like, I don't want them to go and be taught that There's I wrong am with bad. Me. But my sister had a conversation with the school prior and was like, can you tell me what your – what you're going to teach about homosexuality or your beliefs because my brother's gay. My children will not go to a school where they're told that their uncle is wrong in any way. So she had that conversation. I am so proud of that. I'm proud that my kids are attending that school too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I did not know she did that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom did the same thing. My brother, he went to Catholic schools too. And she did the same thing. Like when you know, spoke to the head people. There's an ally, right? supporters. Yeah. For sure. And Uh for my, my mom, that was amazing, but I was younger and I didn't really think about it. But mm-hmm. to like, the school's a great school, and I would want my nieces to go to the best school there is, and like one that's going to nurture them and and be good for them and their personalities. And if they taught something that was against me, I would still be like, do it because I want them to have the best life. But the fact that my sister like legit was like, if they're gonna teach something negative then we just will go somewhere else Mm -hmm. she factored me into their life which is huge and she's always been my number one so much love like 
She, I was born with my best friend. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. She has supported me since day one. She, she's pretty incredible. I have to meet her. She's amazing. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's I so do. sweet. I got to meet her. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting though. I think when institutions take a stand and the school we're talking about, you know, it, it made the news and, yeah. and then now there's this whole PR kind of nightmare, which rightfully mm-hmm. so. And I think. I was just talking with someone at a wedding and their children go to this school and she it was interesting to watch her. I don't know her very well, but she was kind of talking it through and she was like, but you know, it's a great school and I do her kids still go there. Oh yeah. And you know, it's a great school and we just teach them something different at home. And I, I don't know. It was just sort of an interesting whole moment. And it's like, you know, listening to it, thinking, well, I get that, I guess. But at the same time, you must not be impacted in any way, shape or form. And I, I, I can't speak too much about this because I don't want to offend anybody who I know personally. And it's a very, it's a very serious kind of way to think I've grown up in this school. I've grown up in this place. And, and now all of a sudden, like, it feels I don't know as much about it. I probably shouldn't speak to it too much, but it was all over the news. Like this was it. And a lot of people left and but like, it was why very now? serious. Why that, that, that was what I was thinking. What and, happened? And to say not know this is Seattle guys. Does anyone know why that happened so suddenly? Do you know? Something must have happened. Um, I remember it was a big letter cause I work out with someone. Yeah. Um, and there was like a big letter that went around the school um, kind of stating their beliefs. And they had to sign it, I, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the teachers did. Right. So I'm, I believe that s- uh, the teachers that left, it, you know, either weren't okay with with that belief and they didn't want to sign um, the, or the new contract. Or I think there were some that were gay them as well. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. And there were a bunch of kids that left as well. That was what it was. Mm -hmm. But that just happened today. There was two gay teachers. I don't know if they were fired or they're. Yeah, I know one of them. I saw on the news. You do. It's in Burien, right? Um, I don't know where. I don't know where it is. Like it said, it's at Burien. So, but like, and it's this, it's this powerful picture because it's a hallway in the school, and it's like the all the students did like a sit-in. They all left their class. They all sat in the hall, and they're like protesting that, you know, these. Well, how could you get rid of these teachers for their sexual orientation, which is dumb to me. And even the like religious wow. schools doesn't make sense to me. Cause I'm like of all the things in the Bible that you could focus on, mm-hmm. why focus on like, why does that, ha- what does that have to do with anything? Like teach them, give them an education, like let that personal side of stuff be done by their families or let them, it happen organically. Yes. Like, Mm-hmm. It just, uh, that's the, I think the biggest thing that bothers me is like, it's not your business. Mm-hmm. So like, why do you care? Like, just let them live their life, you know? Like, why would you want anybody to suffer any more than we have to in this world? That's not right, a great yes. place to be right now. There's so yeah. many other things that are wrong. So why, like, why would we? Oh right, my God. Right. Like, you, you, there's so many other things. So it's like, if a little boy likes another little boy, like, yay! Good, <laughs> yeah. If that's all yeah. he's worried about right now, then <laughs> who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah. who cares? Like, <laughs> it's so crazy to me, and I just, I just wish that everybody could just live their life how they want to live their yeah. life, and you know, I hope that 
other people have it as easy as I've had it. And you know, but I really believe I have to say, listening to your story, and you had said, you know, I had a pretty, I had a pretty easy. That was in the beginning, but listening to it, you didn't, you didn't, you did, and you didn't. And I think that you, you know, have such a wonderful, bright, positive, sunny attitude and a uniqueness about you that absolutely has served you. And I mean, there's a power in you just sitting in the room. There's a power in you that is so obvious. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been very much with you since you were born. I mean, that has to have been in you because, you know, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of accepting people, but having a dad like that and kind of growing up a certain way, I don't know. It feels like you really have done a wonderful job of coming out on the other side and being an advocate and also being really real. You know, we were talking before about how you're like, I don't know everything about everything in the (laughs) LGBTQ plus world. And that's okay. I, I have my story and, and it's not that bad, but also like, it wasn't wonderful. It wasn't wonderful. That means a lot to, you know, hear from people that don't really know me. Like, I just think that, like, at the end of the day, all you can do is, like, be who you are and, like, do your best your best to, like, love who you are because it's not always easy and you mm-hmm. have to take that day by day. Mm-hmm. But also, like, recognize your strengths and the things that you're proud of within yourself and try and, like, amplify those things instead of, like, worrying so much about all the negative stuff. There's, mm-hmm. like, enough going on in this world mm-hmm. to where... I don't need to be super concerned about all this internal stuff and everybody has a something about them that makes them unique and exciting and cool and fun and, or just, and don't, and don't feel it's so much about like, don't feel like you're in competition with anybody. It's be you. And also don't be afraid to have the conversations like going back to, I want to make sure we have this as a takeaway, you know, being the ally, like you said earlier, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm accepting or yeah, the people who are total dicks, but they're like, well, I have one gay friend. Okay. So yeah. I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ally. Like, I know someone know him, who's right? gay. His name's Mike and he lives in Ohio. You guys know each other, right? Right. Right. Every gay knows every gay. Like, right. Do you know him? Yeah. 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 Right. No, it's beyond that. It's every day. It's what you're saying. It's about, you know, it's about being a human being, but it's also about asking those hard questions, inviting, acknowledging, even if you don't know the right words to say, even if you're like, so is it a boyfriend or is it a partner yeah. or, you know, I mean, you can, it's okay to ask those questions when it's coming from a good and genuine place. Yeah. You don't need to know every single correct PC term or every single correct thing. You know, if it's coming from a genuine positive place, that's important. And then also what you were saying earlier about, Oh, I don't know. You, you, you said it better earlier, like teaching, you know, and yeah. having the, com- you know, teach me. And it doesn't yeah. have to be, you don't have to like be this like super advocate and the super right. ally that's like there for everything, you know, but it's like every now and then just like check in. Hey, you good? Like, how's your life? How are you? know, it's like just so, so that people always know in the back of their mind that they have more than just what's immediately around them at all times to like fall back on and, get that support from and you know it's internally too in the gay scene or the gay world too it's like I've met so many people and I have so many friends and you know friendships fade and go away and there's one person I always think about his name is Brody Brown he was like my very best friend in the world I still consider him like my best friend in the world because we went through such a 
like a major time in my life and we did it together. Mm -hmm. And so while we don't talk all the time and we don't really see each other very much anymore, but it's like, I still text him like every other week and it's simply as simple as like, I love you or I miss you. And he, and I get it right back and it's always immediate. And so it's like, it's still like those little check-ins and then getting that back from that person. I know that like, if shit really hit the fan, I could call Brody tomorrow and he'd be like, I'm coming to you. You're coming to me. Like whatever it is, you know, like, so just little Mm check-ins actually mean way more than you actually understand. Right. It's like, I've got you, yeah. you know, yep. I've got you too. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Yes. That's the takeaway. And you're never alone. There's always, there's always an answer. There's always a person that like, if it gets really dark, know that like, it's not going to be dark forever. Mm-hmm. There's always someone that will listen to you. There's wonderful hotlines you can call with like amazing trained people on the other end that will spend 12 hours on the phone with you if they have yeah. to like, there's chat. There's there's just so many resources out there that I just you're never alone ever. Exactly, and even if you're not gay, listening to this, you know, and some, but maybe someone that you know is or is about to come out or has come out, you know, remembering too. You know, I always love to plug therapy, guys. I always I have to. No, I have to. It's part she of does. this. It's good. But remembering, too, uh, there are so many skilled, trained clinicians, therapists who are affirming of any kind of sexual orientation or gender identity. And, you know, it's it's just go on to psychology today or goodtherapy.org. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to go online and you can find, you can just check the boxes of who you're looking for and you'll find people who are trained in talking about that so that you Mm. never feel like you have to explain yourself further than just what you want to talk about. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I think that even knowing that like there, those are out there, but if you're in a situation where you can't go to a therapist or you can't even like, sneak away long enough to do something like that, that that doesn't mean that there's not other there's so options many for you in out the there. moment or and mm-hmm. immediately or just, you know, like go to the bathroom for 10 minutes. Tell them you're masturbating. Make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know? exactly. Yeah. Figure out. <laughs> get crafty. Yeah, it works every time. Works every <laughs> time. <laughs> from me. That's like, his favorite cover. You know, and after the episode, after the episode, we'll have a little outro with some numbers and some hotlines and stuff like that. Just so, just as resources, because why not? It's important. So, yeah. 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 Again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was, was so was, good to have you. Yeah. Lanny, you are the best. Thank yeah, you. This has been really great. really appreciate it. It's really, yeah. it's, it's enlightening, but it's, it's, I think we've really learned like hearing someone's personal story, you know, we could rattle on about statistics. They are important or, you know, kind of this general idea of what's happening, but to have a personal story and someone to connect with and relate to and put a face and an actual human experience with something that is a really hot topic and a polarized part of our world, unfortunately, right Mm -hmm. now, you know, you're brave for coming on and talking with us. And I don't know, I'm going to throw it out there. If anyone needs to talk to Lanny, yeah, we'll give you his we'll give you his phone number. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Please, yes, no, for sure. Like I, we can hook you, know, you up. Just however, let us know. I can support mm-hmm. anybody is, uh, you know, I would be more than happy to. Yeah, it was great having you and yes. you too, Nicole. Nicole, oh, oh, hey, so fun. <laughs> hey, thank you. <laughs>
anything you want to add? No, I'm really proud of you. Thank Aww. you. There's a lot of stuff I actually learned. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. Stuff that. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love you. I love you. Yeah. There's Good a support. Friend. That's what yeah, we're talking about. It is. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I needed. Way back. All right. Thanks, guys. It's time for the lightning round. Round, 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 round. Okay. Here are the questions. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are we ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Okay. The rules are you can't think or explain. Oh, am I answering too? Yes. Yep, we're all. What? This yes, is now I'm very nervous. And no explanation. Just, just go. Give it's it one word. Who goes fast. first? Me or her? Uh, Lanny, you'll go first. Okay. 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 Yeah. Lacey, it's so serious. I do. It's really strict. Scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Ten being really great. Six. Okay. Nicole. Seven. It's so hard to not explain, but I would say like a seven. Yeah. Six and a half. <laughs> Ariel or Jasmine? Lanny. Ariel. Ariel. Jasmine. Jasmine. <gasps> okay, uh, first celebrity crush, Lanny. Paul Abdul. Oh, perfect. Yeah, oh, I know. Wow. Ooh, uh, I, some uh, br- something. He was from Ladybugs, that movie Ladybugs, and he died really young. Shoot. That really loud comedian. River no, Phoenix? he was really cute. No, oh. you can pass me. I'll come back to we'll it. Uh, probably like Andrew Keegan or Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <gasps> yes, I wrote to both of those guys. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, in my yeah, top. Yeah, they're yeah, in my yeah, top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Top JTT. Five. Yeah. Okay. Mine was uh, along the same lines. Devin Sawa. Oh yeah, he was right oh, up yeah. there. He was uh-huh. real Casper. He was right up there. Okay. Yeah, next. he was. Dawn or Dusk? Lanny. Dusk. Nicole. Dawn. 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 <laughs> if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to, Lanny? Nineteen fifty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the what? question? Was that not the question? You go back any time. <laughs> no, any I time. don't want to go back that She's far. like 2005. Uh, maybe 60s, <laughs> 70s. All right, we'll all right. We'll stick with those, okay? Okay, you? I feel like I would do 20s. Uh, me too, Roaring 20s. We're the Literally. same. <laughs> We're the same. Okay, do you snore, Lanny? Yes. Nicole? Yes, but my husband said only when I no, have wine. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm the same, same. Only if I drink, I snore. Okay, that enough explanations. I don't. Oh, sorry, snore. sorry, you don't snore at all. No, I don't snore. You can ask Jeremy. Wow. Okay, place you most want to travel. Paris. Australia. I was gonna say Australia too, but also it's tied with Asia because I'm scared. Oh, mine Japan. Oh, you know. Okay, next one. See, I can't break my own rules. <laughs> We're not good at this. Favorite junk food, Lanny? Candy. French fries. I don't know. Just candy. Yeah. All right, Taco Sal- Bell. Oh, yeah. Favorite mm. childhood TV show? Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't remember. It's like they were weird puppets. <laughs> um, Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kids Incorporated. Saved by the Bell and Full House. Doug. Remember Doug? <gasps> Doug. Okay, favorite season, Lanny. Uh, summer. Uh, fall. Spring. Summer. <laughs> You thought I was going to say winter. <laughs> I, w- I just wanted you to so that we were all <laughs> <Yeah>. even. <laughs> Last Halloween costume. Lanny? I, I honestly don't dress up on Halloween. 
Uncle Annie. Boo. Uncle, I know. It's such a downer. For, I don't remember. One time I dressed up as like a butch guy. <laughs> that was fun. That sure was. Uh, Lumiere. Oh, that's Who's good Lumiere? One. From Beauty and the Beast. From Be- we were all oh, Beauty and the Beast so this last Halloween. Oh, mm-hmm. That's right. I don't remember. I think the last one I was a fish and Toby was the, uh, the fisherman. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so instead of the fisherman and the mermaid, it was the fisherman and the fish. Yeah, that's good. You were the go. fish. I, I was a Fanta girl. I don't know. I don't know in the last Halloween costume, though. I think that's Fanta hard. girl, maybe. Okay, cake or pie? Pie. Cake. Pie. Pie. Do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media, Lanny? Nope. Think about it, though. For sure. Rarely. I don't. All right, guys. That's the end of our <laughs> lightning round. <laughs> we did it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the episode. I wanted to provide a couple of resources, like we had mentioned in the um, when we were talking with Lanny. PFLAG.org is a fabulous place to start. PFLAG stands for Parents and Families of Lesbians and Gays. It is one of the oldest nonprofits around supporting LGBTQ+. Um, It's also a support for their families and any allies. This is an anonymous format, and it is just a cool place. You can go, you can find, there's so many support groups around. If you are in a tiny town, um, there may not be one, but there definitely is one very close by. And um, it's a place to just go, ask questions, um, find support, be around people who might be going through something similar. Another um, resource is called The Trevor Project. It is a little bit more geared toward young LGBTQ lives. And the number for that is 1-866-488-7386. And that's thetrevorproject.org. Again, PFLAG is PFLAG.org and then the Trevor Project.org. And um, as always, there's the crisis text line, 741741. Um, and geez, I mean, just hopping online and looking around, there are so many great resources. You can follow both the Trevor Project and PFLAG on Instagram and Facebook and um, find tons of different um, areas for community and support. So thanks so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, please shoot us a message. We're happy to help.